0: So today we're continuing our series, there's a series that's called uh, Transformed Life, and it's based on this book of the same name, it's written by a guy called Dave Smith, who's the uh, senior pastor of a church up in Peterborough, and what the book does is it takes a closer look at the book of Ephesians, and the purpose of Ephesians is to strengthen believers by explaining that the nature and the issue, uh, sorry, the nature and the purpose of the church, so basically the body of Christ. Uh, It was written by Paul in 61 AD, uh, during a time when Paul was in prison uh, in Rome, and he was in prison for preaching about Jesus. Thank goodness the same law doesn't apply to me today. Um, Now, Paul was a man who persecuted the Christian faith. You know, he absolutely despised it, but then he had an encounter with Jesus, and he was transformed. And he went on to live the transformed life. And we too, by deciding to follow Jesus, have also been transformed. Now over the next few weeks, we're really going to be looking at what it means to live a transformed life. And the book covers three main themes to a transformed life. Uh, it looks at our identity. Uh, so the question about who am I or, or uh, who are we? then looks at belonging. Uh, So where do I belong or where do we belong? And then finally, our purpose. So what am I or what are we living for? So this week, we're continuing to look at the topic of our identity. And I think Rob did a great job last week, kind of sort of preparing the way for me today. Uh, He reminded us that we are saints and that we belong to a brand new family. So today we're continuing through the book of Ephesians, uh, Ephesians chapter 1, and we're going to be reading verses 3 to 14. Now this passage here is so encouraging, it's so inspiring, and it is full of great and wonderful truth. It's very quickly becoming one of my favorite passages to read in the Bible And I believe today that God wants to open our eyes today. There are some amazing and incredible blessings that are now ours in Jesus Christ. You know, often our view of God and our experience with him is so much smaller than it needs to be, or smaller than it should be. And I think Jesus wants to expand our knowledge of God today. You know, he wants us to realise That the God who created the heavens and the earth, you know, he spoke creation into life. He caused a sea to part. You know, he raised the dead. He caused five loaves of bread and two fish to be enough food for 5,000 men. That God, that amazing God, that powerful God, has a plan for us that's so incredible. It is beyond our wildest imagination. So today we're looking at how we are eternally blessed. We're blessed in a way that is permanent, that will last forever. Blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. So if you have your Bibles with you, can you turn to the book of Ephesians? We're going to be reading Ephesians chapter 1. I'm reading from verses 3 to 14. It starts like this. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without faults in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son. And he forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us, along with all wisdom and understanding. God has now revealed to us this mysterious plan regarding Christ. It's a plan to fulfill his own good pleasure. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ. Everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. For he chose us in advance, and he makes everything work out according to his plan. God's purpose was that we Jews who were the first to trust in Christ would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ... He identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit who he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. I'm just going to pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for the truth of your word. Lord, we thank you that it is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Lord, we thank you for these great and inspiring truths. Lord, that we are eternally blessed. Lord, we just thank you for the greatest blessing of all, which is Jesus. Lord, we praise you, we worship you, we glorify you. Lord, I pray today, will you come and just have your way. Holy Spirit, come and stir amongst us. Amen. Great, amen. Well, as I said, this passage is very quickly becoming one of my favorite passages. It's full of just some great and inspiring and wonderful truth. We are blessed with so many blessings. You know, in the original Greek... This is one long sentence. You know, there's no commas, there's no full stops. It's like Paul has received some great revelation from God. He he literally just can't wait to just spill out of his mouth. So why don't we unpack this together? So the first point I want to make is that we are amazingly blessed. In verse 3, it says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. There's a couple of things I just want to pull out. First one is that we are blessed. But notice the tense, the tense of this sentence. It's not that we are we are being blessed. It's not that the blessing is now. It's not present. It's not that we are or will be blessed. It's not a future thing. It's a past tense. We're already blessed. That blessing has come already. One more thing, He's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. Every blessing is available to us now. That means every blessing from heaven is ours. We are blessed. You know, it's not, the blessing's not restricted by time or a place or some situation. You know, we don't have to pray more. We don't have to read our Bible more. No, we are already blessed. We don't have to earn it. It's ours. It's already given to us because of what Jesus has done for us. It's amazing. Second point I want to make is that we're chosen to be holy. Continues in verse 4. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. That sentence, before he made the world, we are chosen. That means we are significant enough. We are valued. We are worth something to him. Now, Genesis starts with a sentence, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But Paul writes here, "Even before he made the world, we are loved and chosen." Do you know what that says to me? It says that creating the heavens and the earth was not top of God's priorities list. Loving us and choosing us was. And we're significant. You know, none of us have stumbled across God by accident. We're all planned. You know, neither do we have to go through some, some rigorous selection process. We don't have to clean ourselves up to meet him. We don't have to meet some high standard or some, some, some high level. No, we're loved. And we're chosen for who we are. You no, know, we're significant. We're important to him. We're valued. And we're worth something. Doesn't that mean something to you? Loved and chosen to be holy without fault in his eyes. You know, he sets us apart to be his. Why? It's because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. You know, that means that I'm not an accident. It means that God wanted me. It means that God has chosen me. It means that God had a purpose for my life that predated the world. And the same is for you. He loves you. He chooses you. He's got a plan for all of you. You know, God's plan for us to be saved doesn't start with us like accepting Christ. It doesn't even start with us coming to church. It doesn't even start from when we were born. No, this, this, this plan started before he created the world. That is amazing. Third point I want to make is that we are adopted. Continues in verse 5. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. You know, this is what he wanted to do. And it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. You know, most of you will know that I have two children. You know, I plan to have them, or we plan to have them, or my wife and I plan to have them. God, thank goodness she consented, otherwise that would have been really awkward. But, you know, and when they were born... You know, there was joy. There was celebration. You know, I loved them. I was overwhelmed with love for them. But when they were born, you know, I get no history with them. I don't know, they're, you know what they're going to behave like. I don't know whether they're going to have any like medical problems along the way. But this is where adoption supersedes the natural. Because with adoption, you get a file you get to read about their past history. You get to read about any, any like medical problems, any kind of, sort of issues that they have. You get that. But despite their past, despite any, any behavioral issues, despite any kind of, sort of medical problems, whatever it may be that they have, you choose them. They are chosen and they are loved. And that is exactly what God does. Most of us here will probably be old enough to remember when the National Lottery first came out, there was this advert of uh, people walking out of supermarkets or off-license holding these tickets. And then there was this great big kind of sort of fist with a pointed finger and this deep voice announces, it cries out, it could be you. Now God says, no, it is you. I choose you. And I love you. This, he plans for us. This plan was before the world was created. Despite all that, he knows that already. He knows where we're going to stumble. And yet he adopts us into his own family. You know, God is an adoptive father. And the problem is, the majority of the world are living as spiritual orphans, now sin, it creates that gap, creates that separation in our relationship with God the Father. Now each one of us were created to have a relationship with him. There was this tweet I read a couple of years ago, "No one fails uh, sorry, no one falls in love with someone who says, "Love me." We fall in love with someone who says, "I love you," and the biggest "I love you" in the history of the world was the cross of Christ. It's all because of Jesus. We're so blessed, eternally blessed, because of Jesus. Second, uh, next point I want to make is that we are redeemed. And that we are forgiven. Verse 7 continues. He is so rich in kindness and grace. That he purchased our freedom. With the blood of his son. And he forgave our sins. He showered his kindness on us. Along with all wisdom. And understanding. That line. Purchased our freedom. With the blood of of his son man that is a great cost I was reading about redemption during a week now redemption is the action of gaining or regaining possession of something in exchange for a payment or clearing a debt and that's what Jesus has done for us he's paid that price for us, he's cleared that debt some of you will know that I work for the prison service. And I've been working for the prison service for about twelve years. And there have been occasions where I get to tell a prisoner that they've got bail. And it is it's, it's great, it's wonderful to be able to give them such good news. You say to them, No, you've got bail. Somebody has paid for you to get out. And sometimes their reactions be like, no, Gov, like really? Really? Is this just a wind up? No, no. Someone, but the, the thought of, of someone actually paying for them to be released from prison, somebody meeting that cost, it's, just, it's, just, it's mind blowing to them. That's what Jesus has done for us. You know, in Jesus' time, if you were a slave, the only way you could be freed was if someone paid the price for you. Jesus has done that. Doesn't that mean something to you this morning? And we are forgiven as well. You know, forgiveness is probably one of the most difficult and challenging teachings of Jesus. You know, there's a great cost in letting go when we've been hurt. You know, show mercy over seeking justice. I mean, come on, who does that? No, Jesus. Jesus has done that. And we have been forgiven greatly. And just like the prisoner, you know, forgiveness can set that person free. It can also set yourself free. Sometimes we can be trapped with like, guilt or, or shame or whatever it may be. Whatever it is that we find difficult to let go of. No like forgiveness. It's, it's great. It's wonderful. In Colossians, it says, He cancelled the record that contained the charges against us. He took it and he destroyed it by nailing it to Christ's cross. That record, that all our past and our present and our future mistakes have have all been dealt with. It's not like God just put it to one side. No, he's he's got rid of it. He's cleared it. All because of Jesus. Man, it's mind-blowing, isn't it? next point i want to make is that we can be expectant verses 9 and 10 continue says god has now revealed to us his mysterious plan regarding christ it's a plan to fulfill his own good pleasure and this is the plan at the right time he will bring everything together under the authority of christ everything in heaven and on earth church, God is in control. He's in control. Now God's plan is to fulfill his own good pleasure. His plan is for goodness. It says here he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ. Wow! You know this time of year is kind of known as like the January blues. We can kind of feel a bit down or perhaps we feel a bit you know, depressed or we're just uncertain about what the future holds for us, uncertain about what this year is going to like, bring up. Trump's inauguration, Afghanistan, interest rates bills. You know, the local newspaper now has articles of crime that are in the area, which weren't so obvious about 10 or 15 years ago. You know, the weather's cold, it's dark. It's miserable. Not only are we defrosting the car on the outside, but we have to defrost it on the inside as well. I mean, what's that all about? You know, sometimes the future looks bleak. You know, perhaps our situations or our circumstances they can cloud our thinking. Sometimes we can allow them just to take control. You know, when Paul wrote Ephesians. He was in jail. He was a prisoner. And prison back in those days wasn't like it is now. You know, there's no human rights. You don't get a single cell to yourself. You don't get a toilet in there. You know, prison back in those days was, was probably like cages. Sitting in the cages, probably no bigger than like, you know, the space that you stand in in cages that are stacked next to each other. Cages that are probably stacked on top of each other. No access to a toilet. So you've got people just, well, you're just getting dirty because everyone's going to a toilet around you. Now, no matter what you're going through, we can put our confidence and our trust in Him. We can be expectant. We can be hopeful. You know, Paul's hope and his expectancy was based on a revelation that God is in control. He's in control. You know, no matter how tough your circumstances are, no matter what you're going through, no matter how, how troublesome the immediate future appears to be, Church, I want to say the ultimate future is going to be great. Why? It's all because of Jesus. I and mean, doesn't that mean something to you? I mean, is there anything that Jesus hasn't done for us? Man, this guy is amazing. You know, his sacrifice on the cross has given us hope. You know, he's conquered our sin. He's restored our broken relationship with God. You know, he gives us countless second chances through repentance, through forgiveness. You know, despite our circumstances, we can have hope because we're under grace, we're not under law. We can have faith in a God who came, he came as one of us. He lived as one of us. He died as one of us. Thank goodness the grave couldn't contain him. He was raised to life. God raised him to life. And has he left us? No. In Hebrews it says, I will never leave or forsake you. That means he's here with us now. When you wake up first thing in the morning, he's there with you. He's there throughout your day. And what's more, he's given us his Holy Spirit. He's given his Spirit to help us. And where is Jesus now? He's sitting at the right hand of God the Father. And what's he doing? He's not keeping quiet, is he? He's interceding for us. Man, how amazing is Jesus We have been eternally blessed. Next point I want to make is that we are included and we are secure. Verses 11 to 14 says this. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. For he chose us in advance and he makes everything work out according to his plan. You know, God's purpose was that we Jews, who were the first to trust in Christ, would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit who he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that He will give us the inheritance He promised and that He has purchased us to be His own people. You know, He did this so we would praise and glorify Him. When we believed, He identified us as His own. Man! It's mind blowing. As we adoptive father at work again, again we are accepted. Church, we're valued. We're worth something to him. You know, he includes you in his family. He identifies you as one of his own. You know, that is our identity. We are God's, and we are no one else's. So we can be secure because he's given us his spirit as a guarantee that he will give us everything he promised and that we have been purchased to be his own people. Wow! I hope that's stirring something in you this morning. We are eternally blessed. I mean, that right there, all those points, that's the Father heart of God. says in Galatians, Galatians 4, verse 4 to 7. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, you are God's child. And since you are God's child, God has also made you an heir. Wow! Wow! So I've got some challenges for you all this week. As we continue reading through this book, this book, Transformed Life, and we go through these points that we are amazingly blessed. I want you all just to take some time out this week just to reflect on how blessed you are. How blessed are we? You know, in Life Group this week, Naomi and I were discussing just how blessed we were, giving some examples, just remembering, you know, just God's, God's provision. I love it, earlier on, somebody shouted out, oh God was Jehovah Jireh. Yes, he is a God who provides. You know, thankfully, where we've been a bit short, a bit tight on money, and it's gone to the wire, money's just appeared through our letterbox. I can't explain that. It's just God. Parking spaces. If you've ever been to Tesco on a Sunday afternoon, you will know never to go to Tesco on a Sunday afternoon. It is crammed. It is jam-packed. But thankfully, we've prayed and we said, God, just please, just give us a space. And there's been a space right near the entrance of this door. There's been times where we haven't quite had enough money to pay for parking. And the money's been next to the parking meter. I mean, man, I, I can't explain it. It's God. That is God. That's how great our God is. That's how just amazing he is. let's be a church that is thankful for just how wonderfully blessed we are amazingly blessed now we're chosen to be holy guys, church, this morning this week, sorry read this passage read Ephesians again and again and again just read it, understand it we are chosen to be holy chosen before the world began man that's how great our God is we're not chosen because we were holy. No, God accepted us for who we are, and he's made us holy through Jesus. Again, adopted. You know, adoption impacts our identity. We are different. We are sons and daughters of the most high God. Wow. Church, do you see yourself as a son or a daughter of God? We are blood-bought children of his wonderful, wonderful grace. Man, And we need to live it. Another challenge for you, because we're redeemed and forgiven. You know, true forgiveness demands that we give up our natural desire to seek justice. And we just put our trust in God. You know, it demands that we look at our own sin and realize just how hypocritical it is to demand for justice from others, and yet the grace for ourselves. Now we've got no control over what people say or do to us, but we do have control over our response. Church, let's be quick to forgive, because we have been forgiven ourselves, and we have been forgiven so much. Expectant, let's have hope. Guys, whatever situation you're facing, whatever circumstance it is, know that you are eternally blessed. You've got a God looking out for you. You've got a God who loves you, who's made or who's planned your life. He's got great plans for you. And that we are included and secure. We're we're in the family of God. Wow. So finally, I just want to say this. I just want to end on this verse, that just as we started. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Wow. Church, I want to ask you, what is your response going to be? We are eternally blessed. A response. What's your response going to be? Surely we're going to have the band back up and we're going to, we're going to have a time of praise.